0: The Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. An adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at InherentDream at Yahoo.com. And now, your host, you guessed it, Trevor J. Brown.
1: It's the show. It's my show. It's the Trevor J. Brown Show. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to join us in the conversation tonight. Find us at facebook.com backslash the Trevor J. Brown Show. Also at facebook.com backslash Inherent Dream. You can find us on our website, InherentDream.com. And our email address, we would love, love, love to hear from you inherent dream at yahoo.com our friday evening podcasts available on spotify the spotify app anchor google podcasts and apple podcasts we also have a saturday bonus content segment which is available on the spotify app only tomorrow we will be adding some more tunes to our playlist Of the thousand greatest and, in our opinion, our most favorite songs of all time. Or should that be vice versa? Our most favorite songs of all time and also, in our opinion, the greatest songs of all time. You can follow along with the playlist. Just search for The 1000 Songs by the Trevor J. Brown Show. Tomorrow, we are adding songs on the playlist from David Bowie his first entry on the playlist. Another one from Aretha Franklin and another one from the Supremes. And then uh, next weekend, next week is our season finale of the show. We have Isaac Jensen on the program in studio. Looking forward to that. And it's our final bonus content Saturday for season one. We will be adding three more tunes to the playlist, including another one from the Beatles, one from a guy named Elvis Presley. Not sure if you've ever heard of him or not and one from Judy Garland. And that'll wrap up season one of the podcast, but be assured we will be back with you for a whole new season starting in September on InherentDream.com and all of the traditional places where you can find us. Again, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We have a great show for you tonight. Tim Lingen is waiting. He is in studio he will be joining for a variety of topics, and that is next. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show.
0: This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company.
1: It is the Trevor J. Brown Show, and we have a special guest here in studio. Is this your first time in studio?
2: Uh, it is, yeah. It's it's been a while since we've been on and uh yeah in studio uh, revamp studio from what i remember
1: revamp studio that is the voice of tim Lingen. it's been a minute
2: it has yeah thanks for having me back
1: we absolutely we always seem to have you and mark on a lot more during the football season just because i feel like during the fall we could legitimately talk nfl the whole hour
2: oh there's just you know constantly stuff going on and uh a lot to to chop it up over for sure
1: we could talk nfl the whole hour and then when the nfl season's over you know i i like i like college basketball i like the nba when baseball gets going i love golf but it's like eh, it's just it's it's not as amusing to me anymore the nfl is where it's at man yeah
2: now the rest is uh is good but not the same. Uh although it, it does kind of pick up a little bit this time of year, you know, NBA playoffs and yeah. whatnot, that starts to get exciting, but uh but I'm with you. NFL is where it's at.
1: We might get to a uh, a little playoff discussion uh, a little bit later for uh, for the NBA. Uh let, let's start off with this. Um we were having a great discussion off the air and I figured why the hell are we not recording this? So we we to start Get a mic! Yeah. yeah, get a mic. I say that all the time. You know, uh, I, I, I tell Brother Harrison and, and our friend Billy, like, we have to, like, put us in a room together and just record. Just hit the record button, whatever. We can talk for four hours, and I'll cut it up after a while. Because it's always so much fun around those guys talking, and they make me laugh, and... Maybe it would uh, make a good podcast. Maybe it wouldn't, but I I have in my mind that it would be entertaining. So we definitely, my goal, if not here for season one, they will for sure be a guest on season two. But we were talking off the air about, you know, you're you're a, a school teacher. The school year is finally done. That has to feel so good right now
2: oh it is and and like universally so i with with myself and just people around the building and district and stuff this is, has been uh, a crazy year and i feel like we're saying this every year now like it just kind of builds and grows on each other but uh but yeah it's uh it's been nice to to wrap it up and, and put a bow on it and, and you know put our sights ahead to, to next year and maybe it'll become a little more normal as we go along and um you know, we got to. I got to cap off the, the the year yesterday with a little golf outing. That was pretty good. Getting out in uh, in the weather and
1: uh, just duffing around, just duffing around, <laughs> taking some hacks. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you.
2: They're not. It's not quality golf swings, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We did like a four person scramble, and uh, as a team, we shot one under. Um, I myself would never shoot one under, but uh, as a team, we were able to, to knock that down
1: these guys that go around and they're like, well, yeah, I, you know, I birdied eight and I, uh, eagled nine. And I'm like, I think in the history of my life, I can count the amount of birdies. I don't even think I need one hand. Yeah. I think I maybe need three fingers or something, but yeah. I'm like, I, I don't go that often. I saw my cousin at the concert we did the other night and uh, he came and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, Cole, Cole, or, uh, you know, one of his sons is coming home and he was like, well, we should get out on the golf course. I was like, why don't we do this? Let's go have breakfast first and then we'll you know if if we feel good enough to go out and get on the golf course maybe I said maybe you should we should go to a driving range first because I haven't been golfing in a long time I don't want to put you through the uh, misery of watching me try to golf um but yeah you 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 wrap up a school year you know how well you're you're the teacher but just me thinking back to Being in grade school, how obnoxious we probably all were in the last month of school, uh, looking forward to summer, but so many things going on socially in terms of the transgender stuff and also with all of the chaos and violence taking place in schools and the mass shootings. We talked a couple weeks ago about Uvalde. I guess let's start with the, the the transgendered issue. This is fairly a new issue in schools, and it's something that you've had to even deal with being a, a teacher where you're at.
2: Yeah, so I, I recently encountered uh, my first uh, experience with uh, someone who was going through this, and I, I, I said right off the bat, I'm like, I got to be honest with you, this is brand new. I I, I don't really know. I, you know, wh- when you and I were growing up. Um, you know if you were feeling one way and you were were the other way, we had terms like tomboy or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that was just kind of what it was so i I had no idea how I was gonna handle this and I just kind of let this person lead a lot, ask questions and listened and um you know I really early on kind of said to myself like i'm gonna I'm gonna put aside whatever feelings I have or whatever this isn't about me is the big thing um and I'm not, I'm not even, like, staunchly opposed to it. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty go-with-the-flow kind of guy. Sure. But um, it's not something I fully understand, maybe. Um,
1: I agree with that, yeah.
2: So I, I'm just like, okay, um, if you help guide me, I, I'll definitely roll with you on this. And, and this person was able to, to open up and, and kind of lead a little bit, and I, I followed. And it, and it ended up working out um, uh, pretty well, but it was definitely a learning experience for sure.
1: Well, you bring up a good point. I don't necessarily get it but I'm not gonna tell somebody how they should feel or right what what they should be um if i however old the 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 people are if they're 13 14 if they say I feel a certain way okay fine I mean if at a certain point when you get to be 18 if you get to that point of you wanting to transition and take drugs and all of that i can't stop you i don't have an interest in in stopping you and doing all of that you are who you are at that point i in a way as much as i don't get it i'm not judging people i just that's not not something i understand because in in my situation i had a cousin who's no longer with us but at one point he you know i grew up with him as nathan and when he was I I don't know the age then it was I'm not Nathan I'm Natasha well then a couple years later he said I'm Nathan again well if he would have gone through the transition process and actually became Natasha that would have been awful because he knew in his mind that well he really wasn't a woman now he's going back to being a man you can't flip-flop back and forth his own father said that he has a A a mental health problem he had a mental health problem and i i hung out with nathan a lot going to his house in the summer that was the spot to be he he you know we were close in age they had a great outdoor pool we video games like he had every video game system imaginable there was the fun house to go to in the summer we had a lot of good times growing up but i don't know what happened At one point, if it was in junior high or high school, or he just felt this way at a certain time, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. And I think as a society, we live in this day and age with the media and social media where we think as people, we need to understand everything and that we get everything. And regardless of how you look at it, whether, I mean, I consider myself a Christian, I believe in God. And you can think that, well, God didn't make you this way, or maybe he did make you that way, but that's not for me to judge. Like, I'm going to – it is what it is. If you believe in God, God will judge this person. But at the end of the day, God made that person too. So maybe God made that person to try to teach you something.
2: I don't know. That's something to think about. Well, and I think part of the lack of understanding for, for me or for you is maybe because we've never felt that way. I don't yeah. know what it feels like to – to feel like I'm a woman, I've <laughs> always felt like a boy and a man, and like, um. But I, am I, also very much a. I try to put myself in someone else else's shoes and try to be empathetic, and I imagine what it might be like to have that kind of confusion <clears throat> and internal struggle, and, um, what it would be like to be met with, hate which a lot of people are
1: oh a hundred percent
2: or met with compassion and understanding that's where i decided right away when i ran into this that i am going to be that person with compassion and understanding and i'll figure out the rest
1: yeah because how many compassion and understanding eighth graders do you know
2: oh i i mean or or you know younger or older there's there's a lot more picking on than uh you know wrapping arms around and understanding, Yeah, that's the I'm thing sure. i mean
1: and that's that's not a discredit to seventh and eighth graders that's a discredit to their parents because a lot of these parents are terrible parents and they raise little assholes <laughs> and then they raise little assholes and it's just a constant we talked about it on the show last week i had a moron spotlight where these kids at some high school in florida they thought it would be a good idea they thought it was funny that they they i don't know if they wrote a sign or if they put it on their body but it spelled out the N word and they took a picture of it. And I'm like, first off, you're dumb enough to do this and think it's funny. But then the step further is let's photograph this. Let's photograph it. So we have a, uh, like a memory of it that it's etched forever. It's like these people that they put something on Facebook or Twitter. And then an hour later they delete it. It's still there. It's still there. The internet captured it. It's the internet is written forever. You can think you delete something, but it's there people are going to find out about your dirty little secrets so um,
2: that's why like the the think before you tweet and that that kind of education about social media and yeah. stuff needs needs to be there for uh, for kids or young adults or our professional athletes who go and do stupid yeah. stuff all the time and like just take a second uh, or i don't know there, there's like this 24 uh, hour rule or what sleep on it see if you feel the absolutely. same way absolutely
1: absolutely because you know. I I just in a in a way I, I feel like these people that are going through whatever they're going through, there's an there's an immense amount of courage because I know how ruthless junior high can be. I mean, we encountered it. I mean, you're looking dynamite, I'm trying to look better, but I mean, at one point when we were younger, I still am, but, you know, I'm a fat ass. You know, and you, you counter that in junior high with being overweight and not having good skin and wearing glasses. You think kids were nice to me?
2: Oh, I, if, if it was anything like my experience, yeah. I'm sure not. I got, uh, you know, name called and all kinds of stuff for being a big boy, so I, yeah. I definitely understand it. But
1: what I, want to, what I want to tell people, that if you listen to this show, you get picked on you get made fun of for your weight your skin, your sexuality your race your religion just wait because all of those people that made fun of you they all peaked they all peaked at 17, 18 the hot chick in high school she has four kids now she's not happy with her life for the most part not judging But all of these people that peak, they're going to come up to you when they see you at a bar, and they're going to want to buy you a drink, and they're going to want to act like your friend. And you know what? You can have them oblige you. That's fine. Have them buy you a drink. They can act like a big shot all they want. But the tides turn. That's all I'm saying. The tides turn, and life can be hard at times, but kids are ruthless. But then, I, I, when kids are ruthless, I think about, well, what are they experiencing at home? Those bullies at home, what are they experiencing?
2: Well, and it's, it's going to sound cliche, but it's really not because it's basic psychology. Uh, usually, those people who are throwing those barbs and and taking jabs and trying to, they're trying to elevate themselves. They're most of them are usually miserable in their own lives, and they feel better because they bring you down. And it's, mm-hmm. it's garbage that's not real. So try to just rise above it and uh you know move on
1: it's something new because off the air you mentioned like yeah they didn't teach this in undergrad
2: no right yeah (laughs) they uh they taught me how to do a lot of other stuff when it uh, when it relates to teaching and coaching but uh yeah this is not part of uh ed 101 or whatever yeah
1: something new the season as a whole what'd you end up playing like four games outside because the weather or you get some more in (laughs)
2: <laughs> so lots lots of rain lots of uh poor conditions and uh uh you know it ended up turning around and, and you know weather's good now but man outdoor stuff in minnesota is just
1: not reliable it's in springtime it, brutal and and i had a conversation a few weeks ago and we were trying to think of different different things of like well how could this be fixed you know because i feel like Three out of four years for baseball and softball and all, all the spring sports, these kids just get gypped because, you know, rain outs, there's still snow on the ground, the wind, the cold, all of this. And then I was like, well, what if they move the baseball and the softball seasons in the fall? And then the person was like, well, that's a good idea. But what about football? You know, because then you have football in the fall, then they'd be competing. You have guys that play football and baseball. That really wouldn't work. And that's it. That's True. And then the other thing we thought of was like, well, you could put up more of those like domes, yeah. but those, those are a cost. Oh, for sure. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. The solution is probably, uh, maybe you could start the season a little bit later, but then you'd be working until the end of June. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know
2: what the answer is on that. Imperfect answers for imperfect, uh, climate, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just because I remember covering, covering, uh, the the spring sports you know 10 years ago now for for local high schools and we wouldn't even schedule like games for the first part of april there'd be games on the calendar for the schools but you know they're not going to get played you know when when there's when you have games april you know april 5th it's like no that's there we have a blizzard coming tomorrow (laughs) it ain't gonna happen definitely not happening so yeah i mean interesting times uh for sure with with everything and and I'm sure with everything going on in terms of, like, school safety, that has to give you a little anxiety
2: with with school safety. Yeah, when uh, the most recent, and how awful is that, that that's the term you use, is most recent school shooting. I mean, there is no mass shooting that's gonna leave you feeling comfortable but whenever you know if it hits in an elementary school it is especially close to home for me because I work in one and uh, you start to wonder well what if it what if it knocks on our doorstep and how, how do we handle it how am I going to keep these kids safe uh, how do we keep ourselves safe and like and it's in that order you know keep the kids safe <laughs> then I mean hopefully you're able to get out too but um, it's a very scary thing and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to brace for it or prepare for it. The
0: Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is brought to you by In Good Hands Massage. Be sure to treat yourself to a massage and visit In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. The political nature of the whole thing, though, has pissed me off
1: because this shouldn't even happen. Like this stuff shouldn't happen. So then you have. Let's just call it like it is. You have the people on the left that want to do something about guns, but then you have the people on the right that are so gung-ho about the second amendment and for the record love the second amendment love the constitution but those people don't want to talk about anything about the minute you start talking about limitations on guns or anything like that well let me tell you something the second amendment doesn't say you can't go through a waiting period and a background check the second amendment doesn't guarantee you that so i think people need to start actually saying that yeah because you can have as many guns as you want that's fine but If you have to have someone had just an amazing meme online, it's like if a woman has to wait a certain period of time before having an abortion, maybe there should be a, a 48 hour period of I apply for a gun and I'm not going to get it right away. Now, that doesn't guarantee that the guy won't get the gun and eventually do what he's going to do. But, you know, you mentioned earlier of a cooling off period like sleep on it yeah. or, uh, Hey, I wrote this really nasty email. I'm not going to send it right away. I'm going to send it in the morning. I know emails don't kill people for the most part and sleeping on it doesn't kill anybody, but maybe a 48 hour waiting period of, I applied for this gun. I applied for it. Cause I'm really pissed off. Well, now you have to wait 48 hours. Could he go get a gun somewhere else? Sure. But I don't know, like, people need to bring solutions to the table. All of this stuff where it's like, well, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's like, no, we shouldn't even be talking about guns in schools, because there used to be safe places. Yeah. There used to be, I can send my kids to school, and I don't have to worry about it. I can go to church or synagogue, and I don't have to worry about it. I can go to the grocery store, and I don't have to worry about getting shot by some lunatic.
2: Well, and you, uh, on, on your recent pod, where you were talking about, the, the issue as a whole played the Steve Kerr clip where he So good he had mentioned and and stated so perfectly that this is not uh a problem of the people because 90% of the people say yeah background checks are a good idea. And I don't know where these figures are coming from. Steve Kerr provided it. I mm-hmm. uh, but just as a general sense people aren't against the idea of yeah we should probably do a background check. That's, or, a, good, that's or, a good idea.
1: Then the minute you bring that up, then you have the other side saying, "Well, the bad guy's always going to find a way to to get a gun." Well, okay, fine. Okay. Then, then if the, if these things continue to happen, then we can go back and say, "Well, that was stupid. That didn't do anything."
2: Well, and yeah, so we just don't try anything then because they're yeah. just gonna get them anyway. Well, they're like... just
1: gonna get them. Well, yeah, uh, someone that wants meth is just gonna get it anyway. That's still a problem. I get that, but maybe. It won't be as big of a problem. And if in 10 years we see, we see the stats and it's like, hey, actually uh, the number of shootings has stayed the same or gone up, well, then why can't we just say, well, that was dumb. That didn't solve it. But why are we the only country in the whole world that has a problem with this? Why? Well, And, <sighs> and the other question I have for you, and I don't know the answer to this, why on earth every time this happens, whether it's a school shooting or at a grocery store, wherever, pick the venue. Why is it always a dude? I don't I don't understand that. I I don't have the answer. I'm asking. It it is though. It's always a dude. So what is the difference in this scenario with guns between men and women? We grew up it, it look when Columbine happened, Columbine terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when that happened, what do they? What do the? What do the old politicians say right away? You play these guys play violent video games. They listen to Marilyn Manson. They listen to Nine Inch Nails. That's what caused it. F you. I played violent video games. I listened to Nine Inch Nails. I still listen to Nine Inch Nails. The dude's a creep, but I still listen to Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And you know what? I'm. I consider myself to be a pretty normal fat person.
2: Right. <laughs> rock, rock music it, is one of my yeah. favorite genres. I played violent video games yeah. too, and I have never even had a passing thought. No, of never, violence.
1: never. So, so don't. So let's garbage. stop. Let's stop blaming uh, these these outside things. Now, maybe that had an influence on some of these kids. I get that, but you know how I feel like we can fix a lot of this. Let's see where these kids grew up. Yeah. Let's see the home. Was there a mother? Was there a father? Was there? uh, Think of how we grew up, and it was foreign to me when we were growing up because I would get off the bus, I'd get home. You know, I'm thinking like junior high, high school. School got out two twenty. I'm home at like two fifty. You set your bag down. You do your homework, whatever. Uh, You go out in the neighborhood. You know, we were out shooting hoops. We were playing. We were shooting hoops in the summer. I remember me and Justin Nogle, we would we'd would get together, we'd be playing basketball, we'd come in, we'd fire up a Jack's Pizza, we'd uh, we'd be playing uh, NBA two K whatever, yep. we'd watch Sports Center, we'd have more food, we'd go back out, play ball, and then I'd go home. Then in the fall, up until winter, it was you get off the bus, you do your homework. I'll meet you in the street. We're going to play football in the street. It wasn't tackle football, but boy, we shoved we shoved hard, yeah, you know, and then in the winter, we'd be sledding up on the hill, and then in the spring, we were playing we were playing baseball in the neighbor's yard, and it's like then you'd go home, five o'clock dinner, you have dinner with your family around the table. That's that, that today is a foreign concept. And, and when we were growing up, the kids that didn't have that, that was foreign to me. That was like, you don't sit around the table with your family and, hey, how are you doing? How was your day? Yeah. Hey, you can't do this. Oh, you're failing in this class? You know, I get some of that people make fun of the, uh, well, how was your day today? Was it a good day or a bad day? That's important for kids. It is there's accountability and when that doesn't happen i think about all of those broken homes when we were growing up all those broken homes and all of those kids that didn't have family dinner most nights a week around a dining room table where are they today
2: yeah cuz well, cuz not-
1: there's that diff- diff- differential i'm not saying that me or you are perfect no, but no. but but the the family foundation that gave us our foundation Growing up, the kids that didn't have that, look at how they are as adults today. That there's there That is the proof in the pudding. So we can talk about mental health checks. We can talk about background checks for guns. We can talk about, I don't even want to talk about this because this is the, legitimately the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And if you think that this is going to solve our issues, don't speak and don't vote, please. Let's arm all our teachers. You don't effing you don't trust our teachers to teach our children to begin with and now you want to arm them it, it we can we can talk about all of those issues till the cows come home but until we get back to basics in this country we will be adrift
2: yeah. well and i can tell you as a teacher i uh, would not feel more comfortable with a gun holstered into my you know waistline at school that's not something i would want or like it's it's not it's not a good idea like look
1: maybe she listens to this program and i love you i'm gonna name two of my favorite teachers of all time miss vetch okay and mrs nystrom i don't even know if both are still with us or not i haven't i haven't seen them in years but when they taught us they were you know older and there's nothing wrong with that and I don't know, may, maybe both of these wonderful women and wonderful teachers, maybe on the weekend they were sharpshooters and they were hunters and they went and did... Out on the range. Yeah, out, out on the range. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Maybe they did. So it's, it's maybe it's wrong of me to assume that they didn't know how to hold a gun and all of that. But they were like 60, 65 years old. Like, I, I don't know. They didn't really strike me as, yeah, I, I would know what to do with this. If, if you give me a gun... I would, the, what, this is bad to say, but my my dad invested in a handgun, and so, so did my brother, because my brother lives with my parents, and they were all excited about it, and this was a few years ago, and I go over, and they're like, look at this gun, and I pick it up, and it's unloaded, but it, they tell me it's unloaded. I don't even know if they told me it was unloaded, but they're like, yeah, like pick it up. And me being the dumbass, I'm like holding it sideways. I pick it up. And I'm like, and my brother was like, you don't ever do that. And he was ticked. Yeah. Cause he's like, you need to respect that. And he was not joking around. And now like, you know, I thought at the time, like, ah, I was just being funny. No, it's serious. Yeah. Like it, it could have been loaded. If it was loaded, it could have easily went off. Like, I don't know, right? But you—that's like, yeah. Let's give Trevor a gun. Like, from here to the door, which is five feet away, I probably wouldn't hit the
2: door. Well, and how many? I, I don't have any statistics to to back it up, but just anecdotally, you might think, well, it's unloaded. There's nothing in the clip, but th- maybe there's one stuck in the chamber, and all of a sudden that one fires off or whatever. Like, just... yeah. And what's what's well, yeah?
1: Let's let's put guns in schools. What's the liability of? 4th grade teacher leaves gun on desk, has to run to bathroom, 4th grader picks up gun. The other thing too and this is this is terrible to think about. We talked about this off the air. Older teacher has gun in a holster. Kid pissed off, hit teacher, knock him out, gun right there. Now the pissed off kid at the world doesn't even have to bring his own weapons to the party now they're all right there like that's that's a terrible thing to think about but what's to say that that couldn't happen
2: well and impulsivity is a crazy thing because like you said it's right there i I don't think there's any way to reasonably track this but think of for every school shooting or, or every mass shooting or wherever it takes place for everyone that does Think about ones that maybe don't because the person who's pissed off and on their way realizes as they go, they have a moment of mental clarity and say, like, this is too much. Mm -hmm. And they turn around and go home. I don't, I don't, I have no idea. It might never happen, but I, I bet there's some where they can cool off enough to be like, yes, I am pissed at the world, but this is too much. And how many
1: of these are, are, we saw the one in Iowa and I think three people died there, um... Or, no, I, I'm confusing them. I don't know a lot about the Iowa one, but there was one in Tulsa. And that guy, I, I forget how many people were killed there. That might have been three or four. It, it, honestly, it's sad to keep track of all of this, and we shouldn't have to because these things shouldn't be happening. But yeah. the one in Tulsa recently had, the guy who did it, had like a surgery, and they cut him off on pain pills or whatever. And he ended up going because he was still in pain and killing the doctor or whatever and i would also like to see a stat of like well how many of these are like domestic situations oh sure or or situations where it it affects that person like if well if that is the true case of the tulsa shooting the him not getting the pain pills anymore so he was going to go take it out on the hospital staff well that was that was his response to his problem. That's a terrible response, but that was not a domestic thing. But it was like, well, you affected me. Now I'm it's going, going to, to affect you. Now. You know, or how many yeah. of these were? It's like, uh, you fired me from UPS, and now I'm I'm coming back. Like that sort of thing. It's like I just I I don't know. I I'm not I, like I said on that podcast a couple weeks ago. I don't have the answers, but I'm so tired of us not doing anything we used to be a country of we're going to lead the world and the reason why we lead the world is because there's no other country that does it and everything that's going on right now it's just like we're we're in quicksand yeah. and we don't do anything about it we're not doing anything about the shootings There's a war going on. I'm not saying we have to save the world from everything. But you know why we always have to? Because we're the only ones who care. So if you want democracy and if you want freedom, you have to protect it. We've let Russia play in Ukraine now for the last four months. And we're not doing anything about it. And how many people have to be killed? And how many communities have to be destroyed? We have oil here that we're not drilling Gas price is $5 a gallon. You probably spent $20 to get here today to record the podcast. So I mean, seriously, the cost yeah. of food. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Everything is $5. It's, yeah. Everything. Obscene. Now, knock on wood, we live a pretty good life. You know, we're not rich. We're not rich by any means, but I've told plenty of people I feel rich because we have enough money to pay our bills. We have a roof over our head. We have cars to drive. We have plenty to eat, plenty to drink. We live a good life. There are people, a lot of people not as fortunate as us. How are they making it?
2: Oh, yeah, that's and that's I don't an question. And I, I
1: don't have to commute every day. I commute from that bedroom into this studio. That's what I do. Here's my workstation. That's a 20-feet commute.
2: Well, and as you watch inflation fly up, they're not doing anything about wages either No, to catch up. Uh, um, that's been behind for a long, long time now. Uh, you know I've been talking about this off air with uh, with my sister at you know family get-togethers and whatnot and she uh, emphatically states regularly she's like minimum wage needs to be enough for you to support your family at a minimum uh, living state so I should be able to work at McDonald's have an apartment, you know, not I'm not going to live lavishly. Yeah. But on minimum wage I should be able to work at McDonald's and feed my wife and kids and pay bills
1: and be offered some form of
2: health insurance. Yes. Where and, uh, where
1: you're not hey, you can work for McDonald's and we have this shitty health plan for you where it's you get 12 bucks an hour but if you get the health plan too well, you're basically paying nine bucks an hour for the health plan. So, in actuality, you're making three bucks an hour. Then, right? You
2: know? and well, and where we'll, again, it's it's smoke and mirrors. We'll keep the focus on the fact that people flipping burgers shouldn't be making fifteen. It's like no, they should. And the people with college degrees and people that are teaching and uh,
1: should be making more. Should
2: be making more. Yeah. That's the problem. But we're not angry about that. We're no. angry about the fifteen. Yeah, it's backwards and it's stupid.
1: Well, and there's this there's this persona in America, where it's always, like we 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 sidle up to, the rich people and the corporations, so I kind of go about it both ways on this. Inflation sucks, gas prices suck, but if you think it's Joe Biden's fault and he's the one saying you should charge four fifty per gallon, now you can argue that it's his policies, and you can argue that it's the war in Ukraine that's going on and all of that. I get that. But if you think everything was hunky-dory in your life because when Donald Trump was in office, here's the thing. The president of the United States doesn't really affect my life. There's too many people that don't pray to a God anymore. They pray to a president. And that's how you get this this worldview... I'm not saying that uh, we've killed six million Jews at this point, but that's what happened in Nazi Germany. Because instead of praying to a god, they looked to a, a savior, a man savior. And that's how Hitler was born. And that's how the slaughter of innocent men, women, and children, that's how that came about. Now, I'm not saying that we're killing people. I'm not saying that. But we need to stop looking at men as saviors, and we actually need to get back to basics. You, I'm not saying that you have to believe in God go go find something to believe in you want to pray to the son pray to the son I don't care you know if you you think Jesus Christ was the savior of of mankind fine or if you're Jewish or if you're a Muslim or whatever you can be whatever you want I don't care but you need to have you need to have a a belief in a higher power besides yourself
2: you're well, not the most important thing well no and how about an understanding that man is is flawed absolutely so uh, to say like this guy that's my guy every single idea he's got is golden and i am following it yeah. to the slaughterhouse Is yeah. so, so ill-informed yeah, I, I have bad ideas i'll admit I, it I, all of mine are golden i
1: have a confession for for all of you joe biden is an asshole he's an asshole he was in he was in washington for 50 years he doesn't care about you he doesn't know what you're spending at the grocery store he doesn't know what you're spending in your gas tank and you know what else donald trump's an asshole too you think that donald trump gives two rats asses about you in central minnesota he's never been here he'll never be here he makes fun of you he makes fun of your little company because you think you're some rich douchebag that makes 200 grand a year he wipes his ass with your little company he doesn't care yeah okay he doesn't care about you so let's stop acting like everything was so good when this guy was president or that guy was president. Start looking inward yeah. at the decisions that you make in your life. Because honestly, there's a side of me like, look, the inflation affects me. Gas prices affect me. Food prices affect me. All of that affects me. And that sucks because me being a compassionate person, I think of people who are less fortunate. And that's why like I want to help local food shelves. I want to bring people into church. I want to have some form of outreach, right, to help people. But then there's also a little side of me where all of these people that think it's all political and that, like, Joe Biden's pulling some puppet strings, all of these people now that you see on social media that are really bitching about everything, and I'm with you. I, I, this affects me, too. Yeah. But you know how much I heard the non-compassionate people when Obama was president about like healthcare and and Obama, you know all of that stuff when they were trying to pass that legislation. Well, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, why don't you pull up your ass by your bootstraps now when you're paying four fifty dollars a gallon? Why don't you pull up your bootstraps and go to the grocery store and be a proud damn American to pay $5 for a block of cheese? Just do what you got to do, baby.
2: So, yeah. So, I, I am so glad that you brought that up, and especially with Obamacare and stuff like that. Because uh, my, my wife and I are expecting, uh, we're going to have a son this fall, over the moon about it, can't wait. We had a genetic screening test done that uh, is a pretty good indicator of, you know, risk for disease or illness or whatever when when uh, sure. ba- baby arrives. That test, pre-insurance, one test, one blood draw, $10,000.
1: Ridiculous. 10000
2: And, you know, if it weren't for my insurance, with insurance, we're paying a very small fraction of that. So I'm very thankful and grateful for that. But that is how people go medically bankrupt. That is why people ignore things when something's wrong if they don't have insurance, and they die from it because they are not willing to bury themselves in generational debt over, you know, whatever whatever the ailment yeah. or condition is. Just...
1: Tell, tell me, like, can somebody honestly tell us why that test is ten thousand dollars? Brother oh. Harrison and my dad have diabetes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Insulin is through the roof. My dad has a pretty good health insurance plan through uh, through uh you know he worked for years with the county and he has a you know pension and, and all of that stuff and the the health care that that he gets like people at that health company have been like, you have a good plan like this is a great plan you know and we, we shouldn't have to uh, have people going to Canada to get insulin. You know, because it's cheaper. Right. Like, don't don't we want a country where it's like, no, we didn't choose to have this illness. You know, we. But he needs. You know, you need insulin to survive.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it's it's these medical companies that are that are holding people hostage. Shouldn't you in America be able to be born and live and die without having? Thousands of dollars in medical debt, but again, we have people that sidle up to these ideas of these CEOs and all of these people that complain about gas prices and thinking that it'd be better if, well, you know, Donald J. Trump. You know, he said some things that uh, may be politically incorrect, but gas prices and food prices, and yeah, well, they were. But also, have you have you taken a look at uh, the profits of these oil companies in the last few quarters? records
0: yeah
1: record profits so sure maybe the other guy would have had uh maybe we'd have lower prices sure (laughs) the other thing that's funny is uh we were driving by mcdonald's the other night i so wanted but by the way i had mcdonald's like a couple weekends ago because you know i'm doing the the 16 and 8 i'm fasting during the week five good days during the week right yep then on the weekend eat whatever the hell you want right sure and i was like I'm craving McDonald's, so and I'm getting better at my McDonald's order. Before, and you know this game, I'll do a twenty-piece. Uh, I'll do a McChicken and give me a McDouble too, a large fry. Oh, tell me it's <laughs> a diet coke. It's <laughs> at, be at least diet coke. a diet coke, yeah, right. But I just did the uh, the twenty-piece and fries. Ooh, okay. so still like a thousand calories. Well, we're cutting back, though. but no, no, no more McDouble with it or McChicken.
2: I remember when I was working at McDonald's. There was a it was new product, it was when they first got the chicken strips, and I forget the quantities that they came in, it was like a 3 piece, an 8 piece, and like a, a 12 or something like that, and I'm like it, me as a, a very fat guy at the time, <laughs> I was like, is that all I make it in? and our general manager was like yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be enough for any one order, nobody's going to be able to eat more than that Challenge accepted, yeah. <laughs> sir. Challenge accepted. So I ordered one. He goes, if you can eat all of it, I will pay for it. Like and a like A 12-piece 12 12 chicken strip, and then I got a large fry and a large chocolate shake. Oh, that do was you, easy, dude. Do you think That's... there was anything left over? There was not. No, absolutely not.
1: not. But the reason why I bring up McDonald's <laughs> is it, it was flashing on their board outside, like, hash browns, $1.50, and I'm like... Those
2: would... are 89 cents.
1: $1.50. I remember when they were... You know, I remember when they were a dollar. Yeah. And that was like, oh or like it said McChicken, two dollars. I'm like, I remember that shit when it was a dollar, dude. Yeah. Like think about that. Like just I, I get that things change and all of that and we're reminiscing about unhealthy food. It's funny, we're talking about McDonald's and then we're talking about healthcare. Maybe those two uh things are related. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat uh don't eat uh unhealthy food. I, I you know, McDonald's like they, they have come around though there are better choices you can make there now than when we were growing
2: up I think they're aware of the perception of them and you know how many people blamed I mean the supersized documentary killed him when that came out early 2000s or whatever yeah you know,
1: I've never seen that
2: it's uh it's an interesting watch it's kind of gross because the guy like eats himself sick and just puts on an A disgusting amount of weight in a very short period of time and he's like sickly and it's it's eye-opening so does he
1: lose the weight then when he's done or is he fat now
2: i think he lost it uh it's been quite a while since i've seen it but the funniest thing i remember is right afterwards mcdonald's basically eliminated the supersize size yeah and claimed that it had nothing to do with the documentary <laughs> it was like convenient timing yeah well we've been meaning to do this for a long time no you know, honestly honestly I, didn't.
1: honestly I don't even remember that yeah like, like the supersizer and I'm sure I did it plenty but it's kind of funny how that, that lingo just sort of went away
2: so this uh, is uh, insider baseball for you but me working there um, we were told you know if, if people come through the drive-thru or whatever and they order just a value meal they're like oh, "I'll take a number uh, two with a coke we had to ask if they wanted to supersize it. Would you like that supersized? And most of the time people, oh, you know, for an extra 39 cents? Well, yes, I would. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, that, I, how much is McDonald's contributing to yeah. a major problem? And You know, that, that kind of backlash that was highlighted in the documentary, they talked a lot about it, um, hit them hard. And they're like, oh, no. And you know what? We're going to start offering salads. and uh, yogurt parfaits low fat dressing options yeah and uh some grilled chicken rather than the, the crispy and none of it's related to this documentary that was scathing about us but uh yeah we're making some positive change
0: you're listening to the trevor j brown show from inherent dream production company did you know inherent dream production company is more than just the trevor j brown show inherent dream is home to musical acts chairman of the board TnV, Trevor J. Brown, and the Food and Song Compilation Series albums are available now at InherentDream.Bandcamp.com or stream anywhere you get your music. Let's uh, you
1: brought up uh, you brought up something that made me think of our uh, segment. Are you familiar at all? I'm going to put you on the spot. It's a new segment that I debuted with Isaac called Unpopular.
2: Oh, yes, yes. Okay,
1: so a, an example of this for our listeners, because we don't do it all the time, uh, A one that Isaac had was he has never seen any of the Godfather movies. Okay. So it's unpopular because most people have seen the Godfather movies, and a lot of people, well, not all of them. I, From what I hear, like, two and three aren't as good as, but the original Godfather, like, a lot of people consider that a, a masterpiece. Yeah. The one that I had was, like, I have never watched one Matrix movie,
2: so I I love them, but I go into it fully understanding like it's sci-fi. It's very out there. It's very trippy. It's very easy to get lost, and um, I can see people not having the patience or care for it. But I think for its audience, they're they're good. Um, It's not Citizen Kane. Yeah, don't go into it with that, or you know whatever your because every, uh, every
1: everybody with the last one because it was it was a big deal yes. like with a new one coming out and it's been what 15 years since the third one came out and now the dude directors that were directing it are now chicks so there's a bunch of change see we we go full circle it's full circle we have gone full circle and we didn't even plan it because and, and <laughs> i was just finishing up like uh how i met your mother like we rewatched the whole thing and i know neil patrick harris was in the new one and i was like so i go to my brother and i'm like brother harrison and and billy and i'm like well how was the new one like oh it's a you know people are coming out of covid like it's you know people are excited to watch it so i had to kind of show some interest in it. it's like well i've never seen the other one they're like it blew chunks dude it was terrible i was like well at least how was neil patrick harris and they're like who cares it was awful
2: uh it's it's also the fourth one is very meta very self-aware very wink wink i'm staring at you breaking the fourth wall kind of thing Uh uh which definitely turned people off too um if you dive into the matrix i'd say you could probably skip the fourth yeah um and a lot of people would tell you you could skip two and three in a, in a Godfather sort of sense. <laughs> I am not equating Matrix to Godfather, but I, I think a lot of people would feel that way. I wasn't as offended by two and three of the Matrix. Um, I like them.
1: But,
2: yeah. Uh, back to the premise, though, of unpopular, but uh, here's mine. Uh, it might be unpopular, but I don't give a rip about hockey. In, I... in the state of hockey, Minnesota, go wild. We hate the Wild. We love the Wild. All that's... And uh, I was playing softball last night, and the ump was like, hey, you've been watching the, the NHL, uh, uh, the Stanley Cup stuff? And I said, I'm like, I, I don't even know if they're in the Stanley Cup finals yet. I'm like, I haven't been paying attention to a single thing. I think the Lightning are involved in the Islanders? Is the Rangers. Right? The yeah. Rangers. Okay. Yeah. Well, a New York team of some sort, right? I see.
1: So I was going to mention this, and then I got off on some tangent, because I brought this up in one of the unpopular segments a while ago. I think it was uh during the high school hockey tournament and i think it's, it's all overrated it's all overrated they have the hockey hair and all that bullshit <laughs> i mean what, don't make fun of kids whatever it's stupid it's all dumb the only reason they sell out the x is it's something for people to do yeah it's ten dollars to go in whatever well they don't do that for basketball well whatever i don't care ross though and i was going to mention this uh and then i got off on some tangent and didn't mention it now like ross there's a ton of people our age that love hockey i get that but he feels like there's some of us that don't give a rip about it because there's some generational thing um not even a generational thing but the north stars left in what 93 94 so they we were like what six or seven sure we didn't have a team during our formative years you know, we didn't really have a team that we grew up with. Who were we going to watch? Chicago? Detroit? Yeah, we could have, but we sort of forgot about it. Yeah. You know, like we, we were watching other things. We were outside playing and and, and doing all that stuff. So the Wild, then when they started, what, 99, 2000, somewhere in there. So there was like six or seven years of no hockey here. Yep.
2: And
1: I get that there's a lot you know there's been a lot of good players that have come from minnesota all of that but I a hundred percent agree with you i think hockey is it i i would rather watch golf than hockey
2: yeah well and you you just mentioned that 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 layoff in minnesota of having nothing during that time there was someone named michael jeffrey jordan who was playing oh, basketball yeah, yeah and i'm not taking my eyes off of the screen from jordan to watch the blackhawks yeah or and then like,
1: if you wanted a local angle yeah in 93 94 the wolves sucked yeah. but in 95 they drafted a guy named kevin garnett yeah and totally changed a floundering organization where in 94 they were about 10 minutes away from going to new orleans glenn taylor swoops in buys the team you draft garnett in 95 Then you pull a a trade, you get Marbury here. Now all of a sudden this dud of an organization, we got something to watch. Now they had eight straight years or however many years of losing in the first round, but I don't care. It was still way more entertaining than the bullshit you have with hockey.
2: Yeah, well, and then that leads into the 98 season with the Vikings and the lightning in a bottle there. And just we had other things that had the attention. The missed field goal. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I mean, you keep it going. The the main sports that I follow, we had basketball, football, and then, you know, early 2000s, the Twins were pretty good. Can
1: we just admit something, though, right now, when we bring up the Gary Anderson field goal?
2: Yeah.
1: I think it's embarrassing. I get that it's still heartbreak. I think it's embarrassing when people, they talk about, like, Vikings heartbreak. Yeah. The Blair Walsh miss is not anywhere in the same ballpark as Gary Anderson's miss. I get it it was a playoff game, but that Vikings 98 team, that's one of the greatest teams to never even, not talk about win a Super Bowl, go to a Super Bowl. Right. They could have went and lost. That was their year, though, they would have probably won. Because, well, Denver kicked the shit out of Atlanta, didn't they? They did. Denver would have probably won that game. I, 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 it's tough for me to bet against John Elway. Yep. But and
2: a, and a very hot Terrell Davis at the time. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, and the other thing I was thinking about, just uh, again coming full circle, I talk about kindness and, and compassion earlier. Um, imagine if you and your profession were looked at with the same scrutiny that Gary Anderson won. He didn't miss a field goal the entire year. He was automatic. He missed one. One. And he's trash. And yeah. never forgiven, and like it's like imagine you slip up at work one time,
1: and you're, you're done, and you're yeah. buried. Yeah,
2: it's like oh, that's that's tough.
1: Now, I, I you could maybe, well, I mean, I don't even say maybe. You could put the the Favre thing in that, but isn't there kind of a side of you where you, you figured Favre was going to throw across his body and have the interception? Like that's what <laughs> you signed up for. The when greatest, you got him here. the greatest line. My Uncle Lloyd, may he rest in peace, Vikings get far, everybody going nuts, he's on the phone with my mom, my mom's all excited, and <laughs> my Uncle Lloyd said, well, enjoy it, because he'll break your heart, yep. and he did, yeah, he did. Like it was 100%, it was like this, this, this foreshadowing, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he did, you know, and I don't want to hear the bullshit about, oh, well, the Saints had a bounty out, or whatever, like, whatever, that Saints team is still damn good, like, I don't give a shit if it was a bounty, or whatever like they shouldn't have done that but that was a good football team yeah
2: well it's funny uh, on that play on that across his body interception over the middle of the field play he had a lot of other options Favre could have ran out of bounds he could have ran up the field a little bit and slid he could have hit Shanko in the flat just take the sack (laughs) he could have taken the sack like he picked the only option that was not going to work. Was it, it third
1: down or what down was it? Could he have taken a sack or was it a fourth down? I think it was third.
2: Okay. I uh, don't I don't remember. I'd have to sure. go back and verify, but I'm pretty sure we had a down to play with.
1: All right, unpopular.
2: Yeah. Oh, um all right, I'll give you one. Okay. And then I've got another
1: actually. I I am just not a huge fan of this band. I I don't know. They might be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If they're not, they're going to be there one day. I get they have a lot of fans, but I don't understand Pearl Jam.
2: Okay, yeah,
1: I—they're not the type of band. I own none of their albums. I never stream their music. To me, it's just filler music on the radio. It, sure. it does nothing for me. Uh, "Yellow Ledbetter" that's a great song. That's like the only song of theirs that I would that I would put on. Yeah. Everything else does nothing for me.
2: I bought their Greatest Hits album uh, years back when it was still in cd form um
1: what are those (laughs) yeah
2: for real and of and this is greatest hits of a big time band that we're talking i probably listened to three or four songs yeah and that was about it
1: again it's unpopular because i know they have a ton of fans they sell out arenas that's great if you like them cool but they don't do anything for me
2: unpopular but today's country is hot trash well, that, that I
1: think you're and, 100% it, it, right on.
2: Well, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's more popular, I guess, than, than unpopular. But uh, we were talking off air uh, about some of the song titles and oh, it's lyrics. Oh, brutal. And, like, it's, you can't, you can't. I, I, I just, I can't get into it at all. I think of lyrics of days gone by, and I, I try not to be an old guy on a soapbox, but they were talking about things. Well,
1: and it wasn't always about drinking. Right. Your tractor, your gal. Uh, you know, I, I think of guys like Johnny Cash and Glenn Campbell and Hank Williams and, uh, well, Dolly's still with us. Like, Dolly Parton, to me, is one of the greatest artists, not just country, but just, yeah. she honestly, uh, there's better singers than her, but in terms of, like, female artistry... She might be the greatest female artist of all time. In Hell the, of a songwriter.
2: In the discussion, without a doubt.
1: I mean, in terms of voices, like okay, we're we're talking Whitney, we're talking Aretha, we're talking Mariah. You know you're you know you're good when you go by one name. Yeah, like Adele, Whitney. Yeah, we well, yeah, say Aretha, Dolly and we yeah. know who it is. Yeah, like There's you only know one Dolly. Yeah, you are you are legendary. <laughs> you know, so I. Uh, yeah, New Countries. It's it's such a cliche. Bo Burnham had that bit a few years ago Man. where it's legitimately like a fake country song he does. Yeah. And it's like every cliche imaginable. And I'm like, yeah, that's what country is today.
2: Yeah, he's just singing in the lyrics about pandering to his audience. And he's like, you dumb mother ever. <laughs> You want a key change or yeah. whatever? And then it's just... It's thematic, and it's over-the-top and ridiculous. Oh, I remember the one that prompted the text to you was a guy singing about needing a new truck because it reminded him of his ex-girlfriend.
1: Legitimately, that horseshit song that was on the Applebee's ad, <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: I thought it was a song written for Applebee's. That's a legit song.
2: Yeah, a legit massive hit.
1: A massive hit. Song. So now this brings up the, the question. And I just, I please people, know that I'm 100% honest on this. I am not famous. I am not a celebrity. I have very little musical talent. I'm fine with that, okay? I would rather be me than to have some sellout bullshit trash on the radio like that. I would never write that song. Oh, really? You feel that way? Even after a million bucks? I wouldn't
2: want my name tied to that song. That's embarrassing well and now imagine that you have to perform that song for the rest of your life everywhere you go for all time that
1: guy's gonna be 60 years old playing grand casino mille Lacs and playing that song <laughs> like do you want that legacy i'm not knocking guys that play casinos yeah you know it's not as cool as playing arenas like you know like paul mccartney when he comes he's playing target field he's playing uh target center like that's a big deal when, when Ringo plays he's playing Treasure Island like but Ringo didn't have as many songs that he sang as as uh, Paul and the Beatles so like I get that but
2: I was gonna say I've, I've been to a few uh concerts at Treasure Island and that the outdoor amphitheater is decent yeah um to, to that point I, I it got a, it got a laugh out of me but uh yeah it's not all bad and that's not an indictment necessarily but but the point of like you're an old man and this is going to be, that's your legacy is fancy life. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's one thing to be like, okay, like, yeah, Ringo's not Paul. I get that. But Ringo still has, you know, he still has hits. I mean, he's, he's still touring. So that's cool. I Some of these guys that come to these casinos, they're like, I can't even name four of their songs and they're playing. It's like, there was some, some, uh, festival down in, uh, prior lake or something and someone was playing there and i forget who's playing there but I honestly i was over at my parents i turned to my dad i was like who is paying money for that you could not give me a ticket or well, you could give me a ticket i wouldn't go yeah and people pay for this you realize there's a way better bands and artists out there than some of these people
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh it's sad people spend their money on garbage <laughs> they do
2: yeah willfully so Just, so we're underpaid as yeah. we talked about we're earlier.
1: underpaid you're paying five bucks a gallon for gas five bucks uh for you know shit to eat at the store and you're gonna go spend 40 dollars a ticket on some guy that has two hits you're gonna have to have more hits for me than that
2: yeah well and 40 is conservative concert prices nowadays um through the roof yeah they are through the roof yeah. i uh i recently took my stepdaughter to uh, a, a Tate McRae concert. And who, who? <laughs> she, uh, they, I believe she's like 21 or so She's like she a, has a
1: shit ton more money than we will ever. Oh, have. more than I'd yeah. ever be
2: able to imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's like a, an up and coming Canadian pop singer and it's popular. If you look her up on, you know, Apple music or Spotify or whatever, you're going to find all kinds of stuff. Um, but I paid over a hundred dollars for my ticket to this oh. this girl, and I'm like, this is, this is much more. Uh, this is me showing my love for my stepdaughter. This is what this is about. It's not. Uh... But it was an opportunity for me to go to First Ave, and I had never been there before. Thoughts? I love First Ave. Yeah. Um, as soon as you walk, you know, walking down the street and seeing all the stars, I stopped. Uh, I got to get a picture by Prince, and uh, you know, all that all that stuff. And I mean,
1: let's be honest, okay. It, it sort of has the fenway park vibe sure. where if you like over glamorize it you're going to walk in and be disappointed yes. it's it's not uh it's not going to win a beauty pageant oh no but it's the history right. you know and that's like what fenway park like fenway park in terms of logistics and beauty it's not anywhere close to the best ballpark but if you no. take it for the history that's why it's either number one or number two it's either that or wrigley field
2: yep and really wrigley's the exact yeah. same i mean yeah. they've done some things to update it at least i i, I visited it uh, a few years ago now at this point um and you know locals were telling me about updates that they'd done to it to, to help some things out but there's some uh vantage point is- issues yeah. and not being able to see and like it's just stuff is very old and clearly in need <laughs> of updating and my f-
1: favorite thing at but, wrigley when i was there i wasn't there for a game but i was just like on the outside of it but you could see in and they they were doing uh these renovations and at one point they had these they weren't tarps because they were like see-through but part of the the uh the concrete was falling from the ceiling so these tarps would like catch the parts of the ceiling that were coming down and i'm like oh, no. yeah that's an old ballpark like yeah. <laughs> you know
2: we could we probably should fix that well maybe yeah <laughs> um no, the first half was good, and uh, the Tate McRae concert wasn't atrocious. I tell you what, though, I, I texted you uh, and Mike on the side after I had seen it. I said, I tell you what, these these fans of Tate McRae are rabid. I, you'd swear to God that they were watching Queen at Live Aid, the way that they were singing along, hanging on every single word that this 21-whatever-year-old girl was, was feeding them. Uh, So captivated an audience for sure, however big it is.
1: I mentioned this one a few weeks ago. This might be unpopular, but music festivals are so passe to me now. Yeah? Like, they they used to be cool. It used to be something where I think, I know this wasn't like a, a music festival that happens every year, but you mentioned Live Aid. Think of the people that were on that bill. You know, you had Queen, you had Paul McCartney, you had Bono. Yeah, don't, yeah like the who's who if you were royalty of rock you were there mm-hmm. and these music festivals like coachella now when they first started i remember that was such a big deal to see who was playing and like oh man it, friday night you got the chili peppers and saturday you got muse and sunday is paul mccartney and oh this one has nine inch nails and this one has foo fighters and you know Oh, and now it's like hardly any rock. It's all of these bullshit DJs. Everyone wants to get high on ecstasy. And I'm like, who's paying to go see this? Now, it's they do it yeah. because it must be popular for somebody. But why can't we just have a music festival where if you play instruments, we're going to have you. I don't want any DJs. I don't want all of this cross-genre bullshit. We're having alt-rock we're having rock and roll we're having that's that's the, the stuff we're having punk rock that that's why i liked warp tour because the couple times that i went it's like okay yeah maybe there were some fringe people now and again but for the most part all of that music's kind of under the same tent like yeah you have the punk rock you have the alternative you have the screamo you have the emo all of that but it's kind of all in a category Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they had. Well, they eventually, you know, well, like hip hop artists. One year I was there. Katy Perry was there, but it was when Katy Perry first started. And when Katy Perry first started, she was a little bit more. Was well, she gonna be pop or it's kind of a little punk rock vibe? Like, like, listen to "I Kissed a Girl." Like that ain't just a pop song. Like that, that's a little. There's a little punk rock in that. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can see bringing that. Or like they had like three o three, like three o three, like uh, rock, but there's a little electronic. But for the most part, it's like. You're in that category. They weren't bringing in, like, uh, we're going to have uh, Blink-182 over here, and then over here we're bringing in Blake Shelton. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> like, And then these people are supposed to mingle together? Right. Like, well, great. I mean, it's a melting pot. I get that. But I don't know how... Uh, <laughs> I listen to blink 182 i'll listen to a little blake shelton i'm the anomaly on that though i feel like there's not a lot of people that are like yeah i listen to i love blink and i love blake shelton like i would listen to a little blake shelton if i had to yeah i'm listening to blink like i i don't you know it's it's not like i'm actively listening passionately to both
2: no no i agree with you and uh yeah, I, I don't see the need to to mix on that level. <laughs> no. Like you said, there's some genres that kind of play off of yeah. each other and are kind of related or whatever, but uh, stark contrast. I, I don't get what the angle is with that.
1: Jimmy World's coming back in September to First Avenue. That would be, I saw them uh, at First Avenue a few years ago. They are just so much fun, They are, they are a
2: good band. Well, and you and I have been meaning to uh, get a concert back on yeah. the books at some point. Maybe that'd be the one. Yeah, to, uh, they and to they they have
1: so much. I know people are like, well, you're gonna go just to them for the middle. Honestly, I wish they wouldn't even play that song because they have so. They're actually like if you actually dive into their catalog, they actually have a lot of good stuff. Like I get like the radio will play you the middle and not much else. Yep. But actually, dive into their catalog and they're they're really good. You know, they're a good band. Um, all right, well we're. I think I have enough content here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good.
1: Thanks for coming in, and thanks for all your contributions here uh, for this season, and uh, we look forward to having you back in the fall.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. I'll catch you next season.
1: Tim Lingen tonight here on the Trevor J. Brown Show.
0: This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Jensen Sales Plus makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they do it all. Check out their website for more information, jensensalesplus.com. That's jensensalesplus.com, JSP, located in Princeton, and a proud supporter of the Trevor J. Brown Show.
1: Big thank you to Tim Lingen for joining us here on the podcast this evening. I want to thank all my contributors this season. Mark Stone, Tim Lingen, Isaac Jensen will be here in studio next week for our season one finale. We are looking forward to that. A reminder, bonus content Saturday. Tomorrow, we add three more songs to the playlist. The Thousand Songs by the Trevor J. Brown Show. These are our favorite songs of all time and also, in our opinion, the greatest songs of all time. Entries from David Bowie, The Supremes, and Aretha Franklin. Tomorrow on the playlist, catch us exclusively on the Spotify app. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is produced by Inherent Dream Production Company.